Yes, hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. And we are both property people running our own property businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting about the reality of anything and everything property. And before we start this week, just a quick piece of news. We we now have a newsletter which we are going to start sending out on a regular basis and that will contain all of the resources and anything we think is of interest to property investors and if you'd like to to join us please just head on over to thebusinessofproperty.com and there'll be a newsletter tab there or a pop-up and of course the link will be in the show notes so just click on that and that will take you straight there as well as always you, you're able to tweet us at biz of property okay that's the uh the preamble out of the way. Now, Simon, one thing we were just getting into before we hit the record button was property reductions. Now, as we know, there's been a shed load of instability in the market recently, and and we're not going to get into that. We think there's been enough chat around the merry-go-round, the carousel, and the absolute mess that has been our supposed government of late, so we're not going to get into that. But we wanted to come at the property angle really because some of the data that your software Patma has been pulling out is particularly interesting with regards to property reductions and of course we're going to share all of these graphs in our email newsletter so just a quick reminder that you can now get that in a much better format um so Simon how about we just start with you know the the, the first sort of key piece of information, which is the, the number of reductions we're seeing of late compared to recent times. Yeah, so the, the week before we are recording, the number of property listing reductions reached almost 20% of the listings that were, were live that week. So almost 20% of them were reduced during, during that week. Now, that, that strikes me as quite a lot. However, one of the new graphs in, in Patma's weekly sort of market stats and update email is this data, but going back over two years. So if you look at it just over six months, it's, it's just an upward trend, really. I mean, there's some, some wobbles, but mostly an upward trend of more and more reductions each week. But it's really interesting to look back over two years because it gives you a much, much wider perspective and you can see any sort of seasonality differences and things like that jump out at you and it shows that we are actually at the highest number of reductions percentage-wise of the listings there that we've seen for two years so two years ago it was at about 17 percent of properties being being reduced per month this was and and that was seemed to be sort of on a, on a downward trajectory and of course, that two years ago was sort of the end of 2020. So we were we're in the height of pandemic times at that point. And, to, and just to be clear, so when we say on a downward trend, what we're saying is that it was at 17%, but fewer properties were being reduced on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So back in October 2020, there were about 17% of properties that were listed saw a reduction. In November 2020, that was only around 15%. By December, it had gone down to twelve-ish percent of, of properties. So, so there were there were fewer properties being reduced as time went on. And over the last two years, we hit a, a low around sort of eight percent of properties per month being reduced, and, and that was in early twenty twenty two. 
And, and from that point, it's then sort of been gradually creeping up. And then recently, it's been going up much, much faster, of course, with, with the recent issues that we're not going to talk about. It's accelerated even further. And, and now it is up to nearly 20%, certainly 19% and heading towards 20%. And, and of course, that's, that's higher than it has been for, for two years. Yeah. And I think this, the striking thing for me and for everyone, you know, please do get access to the graph, because I think when you look at the trend, the line trend, and you see the steep climb of the number of price reductions, that's what really jumps out. And just like to add the caveat that, of course, we are fully aware that the, the dropping of an asking price doesn't mean that you're getting something below market value. And I say that because we hear those words so much in the property circles, BMV. It could mean that the property was massively overvalued from the start and that a drop in price still keeps that property overvalued. But for us, what's quite important and interesting is the trend that's happening, meaning that people are clearly having to readdress what they are marketing properties for or or equally the value that they think they're going to get for them. And, And of course, we can talk about that because I've seen a number of properties that are on my watch list being reduced in value. Now, they're on my watch list because I felt they were overvalued and wasn't going to proceed any further. However, I would say I've had between seven and 10 properties come back into my inbox that have now been reduced in price. They're probably still around what I think the market value could now be. The interesting thing for us as potential investors is that once those properties have been reduced, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the, the price that we offer. So, for me, it just means maybe there's now a softening of the market for us to to think about getting into. Yeah, something that sort of ties up with the price reductions is, of course, you say listing prices, because the listing price doesn't necessarily reflect sort of later agreed sale prices. And the, the data shows that listing prices haven't really changed yet. I mean, maybe they won't. But New property listings coming onto the market are still coming on at about the same level they have for the last six months or so. So they perhaps went up a little bit over summer and perhaps have come down a little bit since summer, but only only a very small amount. If you look at the the, the trend over two years for listing prices, you, you can see that they have definitely gone up over the last two years, but but they don't seem to have not significantly anyway, started coming down again. So it seems that properties are still being listed on average at about the same sort of price. But then some of those are not being picked up, not getting the interest that people want and are, are being reduced. So yeah, I, I don't think we're, we're into any of the, the scary sort of property crashing uh, sort of scenarios that some people are talking about just yet. But yeah, as you say, it's it's definitely getting a bit softer. Yeah. And the the chart that we are just looking at now as well is that Simon's referring to is the new listing price per month by number of bedrooms. And this splits out the listing price essentially by size of house. And and when you're looking back at the two year period, for example, you can see that, say, let's say one bed prices were a little over £260,000, for example. And Actually, that that price went down, the, the listing price went down over the course of the two years, but then has climbed back up to similar levels. But when we look at the higher number of bedroom properties, so 
from three to four and five, you can see that. So, for example, three bed properties that started at around the 300K mark are now priced somewhere between 320 and 340. So you can see there's, there's a marked increase. So that also is really interesting in terms of understanding the market trends that, that we kind of can talk about anecdotally because of COVID and, and everything else and people wanting certain bedrooms. So I think that also provides some really good context. Yeah, I, I very strongly suspect that the, the one bed drop is really a reflection of the difference between flats and houses. Mm. So, so that graph includes all properties. Yeah. Whereas if we split it out, I, I think we, we would see that houses probably held their value better through the pandemic than flats did. And of course, because flats are weighted towards the smaller number of bedrooms, they have a, a disproportionate effect on, on those, those per bedroom sort of stats. I, unfortunately, I don't have a, a two year breakdown of houses versus flats. So maybe I'll need to add that in to the, uh, the email in the future so we can, we can talk about that next time. But yeah, I, I suspect that's what's behind those those sort of droppings of the, the one bedroom rates. Yeah. But again, coming back to the sort of theme at hand, the other stat really, which was quite interesting, was around the time of the, the mini budget and the sales fall through, showing that... And again, you know, unfortunately, we 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 had to withdraw from a uh, from a purchase as well. So so I, I've experienced this firsthand, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to also caveat that although we had to withdraw, I found another buyer for that property, and so from the vendor's perspective, they are they are still getting a sale. But from our own side, because of all the things that we've talked about the last few weeks in terms of mortgage rates and, and so on. Yeah, we had to pull out. But the, the the chart that you've got here, Simon, really just shows that uh, we weren't alone in having to do that. No, indeed. There, there, there was a big spike in the, the number of properties falling through. So this, this is a raw, a raw number rather than percentage of what's there or not there or whatever. But yeah, they, there was a, an increase of some, I don't know, thousands, thousand and a half properties falling through per week compared to sort of the normal rate just in the two weeks after the mini budget. Uh, interestingly, the, the rate of fall throughs has seems to have dropped down again. So it, it seems like all, all of the people who were, were panicked by the, the uh, instability and or the, the rising rates have done their, their dropping out of the, the sale process. And yeah, hopefully it will be a little more stable again now. So that, that might point towards the the market really not heading towards a, a sort of crash situation if there there isn't an ongoing increase in fall throughs yeah and for for context for those listening i mean on average it looks like pretty much there are 500 or more relistings a week regardless of what's happening i mean there are 5000 5, sorry 5000 <laughs> 5000 which makes more sense given the numbers but yeah, in my world, that's that's quite a lot. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, without have, having access to the, you know, number of transactions per week to hand. But that that still seems pretty pretty high. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's across the whole of England, and there there are hundreds of thousands of properties currently listed on the property market across across England. So it's 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 a relatively small number, really. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to work out in percentage terms of the week of the mini budget that, or the two weeks of turmoil. As we might want to call it, but you can see that the essentially the the number of relistings sort of went up by twenty 
to 30 percent which is which is pretty dramatic when you think about it that that's a that's a big impact on on what people were thinking about and doing in the property market and just shows you of course we can't you know there, there are going to be a number of factors at play for each of those situations but clearly the biggest one is going to be the the, the lack of understanding of what was going to happen the the fear around the interest rates and the, the actual impact of those said interest rates to mortgage rates and so on. Yeah, indeed. I mean, a, a lot of people will have already had mortgage offers sort of locked in, but then people who had, who had just started the purchase transaction perhaps didn't, or people who were looking for more niche finance and things that might take longer to work out and things, perhaps they hadn't got that sorted yet. Or perhaps in some cases, the the lenders really decided that they just just couldn't lend on on some agreed offers already, and they they forced changes. But then, of course, people could just have changed their mind because they got spooked exactly. and worried. Exactly, and even even without actually having to pay a higher rate. And, and I know, I know, I know personally at least a few instances where that happened. And to be honest, in certain situations. I mean, I, I like to think that we can sit down and look at the numbers and just get clear on the numbers. And if, if the numbers are looking OK, then we carry on. However, the, the softer elements of, well, we, d- we don't know where these increase, increases are going to stop. We, you know, I, I think in terms of the things that we as property investors have had to put up with in the last few years, let alone the last month, but the uncertainty for me, is the biggest issue is the uncertainty. Is, uh, is Section 21 staying, going? Section 24, do we have to worry about that? What You know, interest rates are, were rising and it's no wonder. And, and, and I think that there is a defence for every investor to just say, do you know what, I, I am going to pull out because why would you, you know, go into a situation where outcomes can't be forecast because of what is happening around government legislation and, and government actions. And again, we've tried to steer away from that. But I think it's, you know, totally acceptable. And, and I think, you know, the UK is in such a strange environment. But what does that mean for us as property investors? Well, certainly, I know it's meant that we've had to take a step back in certain situations. But Simon, you've recently just finished a, a cycle of property investing and I'm, i've sort of steered away from saying completed because because it's your news to share but i think it'd be interesting to talk about your process during this time and and your thoughts as you drew drew through the process itself to purchase yeah i'm I'm not sure we've got got long enough left in this this podcast episode to dig into it in too much detail but but yeah so i i completed on my latest purchase as of recording yesterday Congratulations. Thank you. Although uh, I think I would, would temper those congratulations slightly. <laughs> when I put my offer in for this property, it was some four months or so ago now. And I thought that I, I didn't think that I was getting um, an amazing deal or anything like that. But I thought that I was putting in a, a sort of slightly below sort of real value offer. And then through negotiation with the seller, that was talked up a little bit. And and I did actually end up going all the way up to my absolute limit, which I think was my, my view of a, well, the, the maximum value that it, it would hold for me. 
And then, of course, that was four months ago, and the market has changed. And I now feel that I probably slightly overpaid for what it would be be worth today. But th- this is sort of how it goes in, in property cycles, because there is such a long delay between putting in an offer and reaching that point of completion, be it three or four or five or sometimes even six months later, that property values do change. And I could perhaps have gone back to the seller and said, well, could we knock a bit off? But then, especially seeing as most of my real concern about that sort of cropped up in the last four weeks, three to four weeks, it was at such a late point that it would have meant lots of extra disruption to the process of the the mortgage. And I really didn't want to upset the the mortgage that was agreed four months ago on a four month ago interest rate <laughs> and, and and risk having to to go through that process again at a higher rate. So, so I think overall, I feel I've slightly overpaid for it at this point, but that it will hopefully still be worthwhile as an investment property, certainly in the long term. And and even in the short term, I, I don't think it's going to, well, it's definitely not going to break the bank. It, I fear that once I've done the refurbishment, and in actual fact, yeah, we, we, we're definitely not going to have time in this episode, but we'll, we'll dig into the, the the refurbishment side of this property, I think, perhaps on our next episode, because I am a bit concerned about my, my refurbishment budget as well on it. So, so yeah. Without getting into the to that to that detail, but and the point I make though is so you purchase this based on a, a set of criteria: purchase price, refurbishment price. Okay, there might be a, a differential there, but let's put that to one side for a second. But based on your purchase price that you agreed four months ago, and what you envisage to get for rent, this regardless of what the perception of the net the, the now value of that is that still works as the investment you looked at four months ago so yes i don't think the rents changed really in that four months so i think the rent would be the same and hence although refurbishment might force a little bit of extra money to go in the the, the mortgage process i had some hiccups we've talked about it before in past episodes I'll, I'll try and link to those in the show notes and I have had to put more capital in. So between a bit more capital for the actual purchase, perhaps slightly more on refurbishment, my return on investment is definitely lower than I was hoping. But in terms of, is it going to make a profit? Yes, yes, it's definitely still going to make a profit. It's it's not going to be running at a loss or anything crazy like that. It will be making a, a healthy profit of £300 a month, something like that. So, I mean, it's it's not... Not doing badly. There's no no problem really in terms of the actual investment. It's only really my sort of feeling that exactly it's, yeah. it was perhaps slightly. I, I paid slightly more than its real value now. And this is this is where I get to because, and this is exactly what I was thinking about because ultimately, it is your stroke one's perception of that deal. And when I think about your specifically your your investing history typically you have you've owned property for like 20 years so and, and if i think about you know this property i envisage you're, you're thinking of holding for you know similar periods of time you know 10 15 20 years in which case what we think about now and we're all the same by the way because i have the same feelings is is probably just a small blip on one of your charts 
And in five years' time, it, we probably won't even recollect that maybe there was a dip in, you know, October 2022, you know, when we recorded this, that, that maybe it was worth slightly less. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. And what, what I'm saying now that I feel I've slightly overpaid for it, this really doesn't bother me. I, I'm, I'm not losing sleep over it. Uh, I'm not deeply concerned or regretting my purchase or anything like that. It's, yeah, next week, get up and get on with the refurbishment. And in, in a while, get it rented out and income coming in and it will be water under the bridge and and everything moving forwards, hopefully, very nicely. Yeah. And where where I come to in this, and for those that have listened thus far, once again, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully there's been some interesting uh, data and insight that you can take forward for yourselves. But where I personally get to is when, when we look at these graphs, and please do sign up for the newsletter and we get all of these out to you in a really nice little format. Just click on the link in the show notes to, to sign up to the newsletter or go to thebusinessofproperty.com. But where I get to is when we're seeing this number of reductions and clearly there is a nervousness in the market. And of course, yes, dare I mention the word, we are heading towards Christmas where the, the people, the market is slowing down a bit, relatively speaking. Then I think this is a good time to start having a look and, and maybe getting a little bit more active in research. Certainly that's going to be my thought when I look at this stuff, because if people are reducing properties, that means they want to sell them. You know, we all know the property that's that's stuck on, you know, right move for, for so long because the vendor has a fixed idea in their mind of what they want and it doesn't move. But when people, you know, if, if a fifth of people are reducing their prices, that means that those people are definitely looking to sell properties and sell them sooner rather than later. So that means that there is still a market in which we can go out and buy. Of course, we then have to think about all of the things that Simon's just talked about in terms of the rates you know the new stress tests that we've been talking about but for me this is a this is a from a from a buying perspective a a, a good positive sign that we should start looking again yeah I, exactly and i am seeing reductions come through and i, I am thinking oh that looks interesting and oh that, that that's <laughs> slightly better priced now can I just say to the people that are listening, you know, Simon says, oh, that looks interesting. He sent me a property that is currently valued at 11 million that was reduced from 15. So that, you know, that's just to know where Simon's head's at. And it wasn't even a castle, which, which is my, my normal sort of browsing <laughs> habit in that price. It, it was a car park, actually. A car, it started with CA. It was a car park. <laughs> my, my, my point that almost got lost in there was that I am starting to get a bit more excited about the sort of property that's coming through. Over the last six months, perhaps longer, I have been seeing lots of properties coming into the market and mostly saying, mm, that doesn't really work for me. The The one that I, I bought was one that was, was sold, fell through and needed work. And they they took a, an offer that was quite a lot below their actual asking price because it, it needed these works and discussed about how that fits with the actual value already. But now I am feeling and seeing that the properties on the market are looking a lot more interesting. Unfortunately, thanks to the stress rates, I am not currently in a position to purchase any of them. <laughs> but, but yeah, I am, I'm definitely looking. I'm definitely more curious and excited by the property market now than I have been for, for quite a while. Yeah. And I think 
before we wrap up, that point there is what makes it even more interesting for me because you're not going to be alone. Yes, it's getting more interest in the market. And then people look at the LTVs they can get, the rates they can or can't get, the stress test rate, which reduces it, which means fewer people looking actively to buy, which means properties potentially on for longer, not getting bought, which further pushes hopefully prices down for us in a, from a buying perspective. And, and a lot of us are often in both perspectives. So it's a double-edged sword, of course, if we want to sell. However, from an investing perspective, it's it's looking good. But look, we've, we've, we've talked about that. Hopefully, there's been something in there of use to, to those of you that are thinking about investing. Please do subscribe to our newsletter. We've talked about those links enough. Reach out to us at, at bizofproperty on Twitter. And please do, if you've gotten some value from this show, leave a rating and or review. And other than that, we'll see you on the next episode.